This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and not struggling too much with the heat. Plenty more on the weather coming up for you. But first, on Monday, July the 11th, there are now two Kent MPs bidding to be the next leader of the Conservative Party. And with that, get the keys to number 10. Raynham and Gillingham MP Raymond Chisty has joined Tunbridge and Morling's Tom Tugendhat in declaring his intention to run. Well, let's hear what both of them have had to say in their campaign videos. For me, it all started back in 1984 when I came to Gillingham and went to Napier Primary School. I was not able to speak a single word of English. It was down to the amazing teachers I had who instilled the values in me of courage, of determination, of self-belief, of a can-do attitude, which led me to being the first in my family to go off to university, to read law, and then to be a young lawyer, standing up and fighting for justice. And for me, it's important to ensure that everyone who works hard, who's determined, who perseveres, that they have a government that is on their side. And that means lower taxes, small state, big society. We're facing a cost of living crisis at home and threats abroad. We need seriousness and integrity back in our government. It's time for a clean start. We were elected on a promise to deliver a better future for Britain. Now that promise is at risk. We need a growing economy and to deliver on the opportunities of Brexit. Britain, at its best, is low tax and high growth. So let's cut the tax on jobs and fuel and take the brakes off businesses and people across our country. Well, we'll find out tonight the timetable and rules for the leadership race. So far, 11 candidates in all have made a bid to replace Boris Johnson, who resigned last week. The 1922 committee, which is made up of a group of backbench MPs, are the ones making all the very important decisions right now. And here's some more information on that from our political editor, Paul Francis. What's happened previously under the rules is that Candidates for the job of leader need only get the endorsement of eight MPs. And there's a suggestion that the 1922 committee is likely to increase that threshold, possibly to around as many as 20 MPs. Now, if the threshold is increased uh, to 20 MPs, for example, that is going to make it difficult for some candidates to progress to the first stage of voting, which is scheduled to take place on Wednesday. So it's going to be a fairly frenetic 48 hours for candidates and their teams. You can also watch those campaign videos in full from the two Kent MPs within Stories at Kent Online. Just click on the Medway and Tunbridge and Morling pages. We will, of course, keep you updated on the leadership race online and here on the podcast. And you can get the very latest in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today. And a child's been flown to a London hospital after being attacked by a dog in Canterbury. Emergency crews were called to Cumberland Avenue yesterday afternoon. The victim is thought to be a nine-year-old boy. The podcast has been told a dog has been seized and a man's been arrested. A huge fire's broken out in a field near Gravesend. Fifteen fire engines were sent to deal with the blaze off Church Road in Cobham at about seven last night. Smoke could be seen for miles. Crews managed to put out the flames and say no one was injured. We can see pictures and video on the website. A reminder for drivers, Operation 
Junction Brock is back in place on the M20. The motorway between Ashford and Maidstone was closed overnight during the weekend to get the contraflow installed. It's been brought back to reduce cross-channel disruption because high volumes of traffic are expected over the summer holidays. Well, if there are delays at the port or Eurotunnel, then lorries will be queued on the coastbound stretch with all other vehicles using the London-bound carriageway, but to travel in both directions. Next today, we're going to be hearing from a Kent mum who's continuing to fight for her daughter to be prescribed cannabis on the NHS. You may well have heard of Tegan Appleby before. She's 12 and lives in Aylsham. Now, Tegan has a rare form of epilepsy, and when it was at its worst, she would suffer hundreds of seizures a day. Well, a certain form of cannabis oil was found to dramatically reduce her seizures and improve her quality of life. Despite medicinal cannabis being made legal here in the UK in 2018, Tegan's mum, Emma, still has to pay to import oil for her daughter, something that costs around £2,000 a month. And after two years of using a product for online, she's now been told it doesn't meet regulations here and imports could be stopped. Well, I've been speaking to Emma about what she's been told. So basically, I found out the night before last um, that the MHRA are stopping um, Tegan's medication coming in from Israel because it doesn't meet EU GMP standards. Um, Even though it meets Israeli GMP standards, they're saying that's not enough. What I don't understand is, well, one, we're not part of the EU um, and two, it's been OK for the last two years. So why suddenly now are they saying we can't have it anymore? Um, which is a bit of a problem because we've tried multiple other oils and none of them work like this one does. This is Tegan's main medication, which keeps her safe and out of hospital. So, yeah, it's a bit, well, it's re- very concerning because the last time we didn't have this medication was in the first lockdown when we ran out and she ended up in intensive care in a coma. So you say you found out a couple of days ago. Have you been able to speak to anybody to get a bit more information as to why after two years they've suddenly made this decision? MHRA spoke to the importing company um, about a year ago and told them that there was a deadline and the deadline is now. That importing company didn't pass that information on to anybody. They thought they'd try and sort it in their own little company. And that hasn't happened. So doctors didn't know, patients didn't know. So now all of a sudden, my private doctor, who has been brilliant in prescribing, is, is being inundated with people demanding different products. And there isn't, there aren't any. People above me and behind the scenes are trying to get an extension on the deadline, at least until uh, Christmas or the new year, um, just to give us a chance to either amend the issues and try and fix this whole GMP situation, trying to get it through, or to find other products. But like I said at the moment, there are no other products that we can try. We've tried everything um, that's available. Um, and this is the only one that really works for Tegan. And of course, Tegan isn't the only one who's taking this medication. No. There's quite a lot of children that this is going to affect. Yeah, isn't there? yeah it's, it's around the country. There's there's a good, I think there's about 30 patients that are on this medication, not just children. There's um, children, adults with pain as well. It's used for multiple conditions, but mainly epilepsy and pain, are the, two, the two conditions it's used for. But for the children with epilepsy, this is life-threatening. If you take the medication away, 
it could kill them. And I think that's my, obviously my biggest fear is the fact that if she comes off this medication and I can't find another oil or one that's going to work, she might, she might not come out of hospital. She goes not going in because she went not going in. If you run out of oil, she will be in hospital seizuring uh, out of control. You obviously heard how poorly Tegan got during that first lockdown. But since you've been able to get the uh, medication again, how's she been over the past couple of years? She's been OK. She's she still has seizures. She's not she's not seizure free. Um, she never will be. But her quality of life is so much better. You know, she's at school. She's enjoying doing things. She's going out with her carers. She's got a very happy life. But yeah, she is still quite a poorly little girl. But we have to make the best of a bad situation. We we have good days. We have bad days. We, more, we have more good days than bad. But sometimes we do have bad days. And we've been, I think we've been in hospital, I think once earlier this year, we ended up again in intensive care. But that's because the oils you're on, she gets used to them. So we have to switch. But we've got to the point now where switching sometimes makes it worse for her. So we just have to play it by ear and very careful what we're doing with the medication. But yeah, compared to before four years ago, she's a different child now. New research shows there's been an 846% rise in the number of patients receiving cannabis therapy since 2020. Well, we've been in touch with the MHRA and Dr Laura Squire, who's their Chief Healthcare Quality and Access Officer, had this to say. We recognise the importance of these cannabis oil products for children with severe forms of epilepsy. That is why we are enabling continued patient access to them by accepting applications to import no parent should have cause for concern about ongoing supplies. The MRHA go on to say that they've agreed measures to enable the importer to continue to supply UK patients at least until the end of this year, whilst they continue to work with them on a permanent resolution. We will keep you updated on any further developments with this story. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Now, this maybe isn't one you want to hear if you're eating your tea right now, but a Sheppey man's had a bit of a shock after finding a tooth in a beef and onion pie. Adam Young says it was like crunching down on a stone, and after realising it wasn't one of his own teeth, he reckons it might have come from a young cow. The pie was made by Frey Bentos, who say quality is extremely important to them, and they're in contact with Adam as they investigate. A driver's been arrested following a high-speed police chase from Sevenoaks to Tunbridge. The BMW failed to stop for officers and at one point was going at 155 miles per hour. It eventually crashed and the driver tried to run away before being caught in the early hours of yesterday. Elsewhere, a man who rode a motorbike at a police officer near Larkfield has failed to turn up at court to be sentenced. The PC was hit as he tried to stop Jordan Stimson in December last year. The 24-year-old from Luke's close in Whitstable admitted dangerous driving and driving without a licence or insurance at an earlier hearing. His lawyers say they haven't been able to contact him. Well, now a judge has ordered his arrest. This is actually one of our most read stories today. A new taxi company is set to start running in Ashford after one that had been transporting customers in the town for more than 40 years announced it was closing down. Arrow Taxis finished trading yesterday, blaming a shortage of drivers and the rising cost of fuel. Well, now Ashford Premier Taxi say they've hired five of the drivers from Arrow and hope to continue to serve residents. Staying on that theme of the rising cost of living, and we've been trying out an 
an app that aims to help people who are struggling to pay for food, but also reduce the amount that goes to waste. I've got some stats for you. According to the most recent report by the charity Waste and Resources Action Programme, or RAP for short, the UK produced around 9.5 million tonnes of food waste in 2018. 6.6 million tonnes of that, or around 70%, came from households across the country, while 0.3 million tonnes, 3%, came from shops, where the UK government wants to halve the UK's food waste by 2030. And this app called Too Good To Go will go some way towards helping with that. And our reporter, Megan Carr, has been trying it out and joins me now. So firstly, Megan, can you explain what the app is and exactly how it works? So the uh, Too Good To Go app is a free app that allows anyone to buy low-cost, unsold food from places like supermarkets, cafes, restaurants, garages, takeaways, that sort of thing. Um, And you can go at the end of the day, at the end of their opening hours, um, and you can buy food um, that hasn't been sold to prevent it from being thrown away. You choose your location Um, And it lets you select from a range of shops that are involved in the initiative um, and you see what's available. Sometimes they've got goodie bags, sometimes they don't. And you just purchase these bags that could have absolutely anything in it. So at Starbucks, there were things like leftover pastries and all of that because they'd obviously not sold throughout the day. And you just turn up after purchasing it on the app and you go from there. You just don't know what you're going to get. So I guess importantly, what did you manage to get? So when we went to Starbucks, I went on the island because I was working there that day and I got these two um like vegan beyond meat breakfast sandwich bun things and then there was a cookie um a muffin and like a raspberry swirl pastry um all of that cost me four pounds I think and basically, when I actually had a look online afterwards, it, it came to almost £20 worth of food if I bought it all fresh. It was the same at the Italian store as well. I went to this new Italian shop in Sittingbourne and it was a completely different kettle of fish. I think that one cost me a fiver. And they all have these fresh foods, like fresh Italian food there. So we had some stuffed courgettes. There was um, a roasted pepper, uh, some bruschetta with um like tomatoes on top so it was very different to starbucks the the bread was a bit stout gone a bit crispy obviously where it'd been there all day but it, it the tomatoes and everything were fresh it tastes nice um and yeah pret as well was was brilliant you got so much of worth like of food for your money um and it was all stuff that you could eat you know that you could either pop in the fridge and save for the next day so you've saved some money on your lunch or, um, you know, just eat it there and then. So what was your overall assessment, would you say, then? Would you use it again? I I thought it was brilliant. I mean, I did use it before, back when I had a part-time job at Blue Water. You know, using it today and seeing how much the app's evolved, I I will definitely be using it again when I'm out at somewhere like Blue Water. I always have a quick look at the app to see if there's anything left before I go home. Um, You know, because not only is it good for people that might be on the breadline and they might need to have, you know, some some food at a low cost or treat themselves to something low cost. But also if there is stuff left and no one else is around, you're also doing your bit to prevent food waste and 
and look after the environment. So it's definitely something that I recommend. And, you know, my family obviously saw what I bought and they were all really impressed. So it's brilliant. Really, really worth it. Megan, thank you ever so much. You can also read that report in full by heading to Kent Online. Kent Online reports. Now, have you been basking in the sunshine or hiding in a shady corner? Whether you love it or hate it, the heat is here to stay. Temperatures in the county could hit 35 degrees this week. And if you're having to work in it, you'll know just how uncomfortable it can be. Now, like me, you may have heard that if we hit a certain temperature outside, bosses just have to send us home. Is that true or is it an urban myth? I've been speaking to work law expert Antonio Fletcher, who's from Whitehead Moncton Solicitors in Maidstone, to find out. There is no fixed temperature as such, so there is no magic number. However, when it comes to indoor working, employers are uh, obliged to keep a, a comfortable temperature for their employees. Now, what comfortable means will uh, vary from person to person and place to place and environment to environment. So that is its own set of problems, let's say. It does also have health and safety. Any employer will need to look after the health and safety of employees. Now, if an environment is getting too hot to the extent that it does uh, endanger uh, the health and safety, then there will be uh, liabilities on the part of the employer. Now, that, that responsibility uh, extends to all employees. Uh, but in particular, there will certainly be categories of, uh, of people uh, that, uh, that it will be more relevant to. So that will include uh, pregnant employees, that will include people uh, with underlying health conditions, for example. So other than aircon, how can we all keep cool? Kent's Director of Public Health, Anjane Ghosh, has some advice for us. In terms of staying uh, cool, it's about uh, staying indoors when it's really hot, avoiding direct sunlight, staying in the shade, uh, keeping your room or your house cool by drawing the blinds when the sun is coming in or when it's cooler outside, opening windows and doors. Uh, stay hydrated, drink plenty of fluids and be prepared. So avoid traveling when it's really hot. If you do need to travel, then take common sense precautions like taking water along with you, putting on sunscreen, uh, wearing sunglasses and wearing loose clothing that's comfortable for you. Um, and and stay safe. Finally, Kent has some amazing rivers and waterways, but we're being urged to stay safe around them. This is Russell Robson, who's from the Environment Agency. Everybody loves to go and sit by a river. It's cool, it's going to get hotter. But when you look at that river, it might be very inviting, but it isn't like a swimming pool. Just, uh, I think we can all visualise the uh, local rivers in uh, in Kent. They're not clear. You can't see the bottom. They don't have a mark saying one metre. Um, just if you're going by the water's edge, just don't ever jump in. You don't know what's underneath that water. Um, there could be tree trunks. There could be debris. There could also be all sorts of things. So what you should never do is run, jump from bridges, jump from riversides into the river. And you've also got to remember that um, at this time of year, and everybody's been talking about it, cool off. If you want to cool off, have a shower, have a swim in a pool. Don't use a river. Rivers can still be very cold at this time of year. They can be 10 to 15 degrees centigrade colder. And we've all known when we've gone into water and gasped, and that shock to the system is something that could be very detrimental and very serious. It's called cold shock if you uh, if it strikes um, when you jump into a river. And just taking a small mouthful of water could be very serious.
And what about currents as well, Russell? Because a, a river can often look very, very lovely and calm, as you say, but underneath it's a very different picture sometimes. That's true. Um, we're all uh, happy to go and sit by the riverbank and it's, it's a lovely place to be. But you've got to remember, unlike the sea where the tide comes in and out, rivers flow from high to low and out to sea. So if you're in that river and you've got a little inflatable or something, you're going to have to remember that that can be caught by the wind and blown downstream, or the current on the river can actually take you many metres downstream and out of sight. And where you may be on a little beach area where you can get access and quickly drag that uh, vessel back in, be it a, a paddleboard, canoe or um, inflatable unicorn, uh, it can quickly be blown across to the other side downstream where you not, might not be able to get access to it so remember keep an eye out on all these sort of things and actually really don't let children take inflatable toys onto the rivers because they could be punctured by something underwater as well. There's also advice around at the moment to use water wisely to make sure supplies don't start to run low. We're being urged not to use a hose pipe on our grass, for example. Saving some of the washing up water to put on plants in the garden apparently is helpful, and we're told to avoid washing the car. And if you head to the Kent Pets section of the website today, we've got important advice on how to spot heat stroke in dogs. Kent Online reports. It's feared someone could be poisoning foxes on Romney Marsh. More than five have been found dead in Great Stone over the past week. Residents have described it as cruel. Foxes are a protected species and anyone caught hurting them could be fined or sent to prison. Inmates at a prison in Kent are being taught how to look after bees. Hives containing more than 50,000 of the insects have been brought to HMP Rochester. It's hoped the project will rehabilitate prisoners and improve their relationships with staff. David Frateroli is the head of security there. This is a scheme for the well-being of prisoners and staff um, and, you know, to help improve our environment. I've worked in the prison service for many years, so when we've had the opportunity to do something um, with prisoners, it always seems to be like a us and them kind of situation. Um, this was different. Watching them kind of gaining confidence has been fascinating. Tim Sumner is a custodial manager and also a beekeeper himself. It's given them an opportunity to um, leave all the prison um, life behind and just get involved in um, looking after the bees. Um, a lot of these guys have uh, life sentence prisoners um, and long-termers who have been very confined over lockdown uh, period and it's given them an opportunity to um, leave all the prison um, life behind and just get involved. Strictly stars Anton Dubeck and Giovanni Panice are bringing their new stage show to Tunbridge Wells later. Him and Me features music, dancing and comedy. It's on at the Assembly Hall Theatre tonight. And Potion by Calvin Harris and Dua Lipa is the new number one on the Kent Top 40 over on our sister radio station KMFM. They've moved up three places to knock Kate Bush off the top spot. Break My Soul by Beyonce is at number two, followed by Lizzo's About Time. Kent Online Sports. Football first up and Maidstone's Alicia Russo will be hoping to help England secure back-to-back wins in the women's Euros later. The 23-year-old came on as a sub during their opening group game win against Austria. Tonight, they take on Norway. Kick-off at Brighton's Amex Stadium is at eight. Staying with football and Gillingham lost their latest pre-season friendly at the weekend. They were beaten 2-0 by Dover Athletic. 
Boss Neil Harris has said they will improve in the coming weeks and they're probably hoping striker Mikel Mandron will have an impact as he's returned to Priestfield on a permanent deal. The 27-year-old played 23 league games for the Jills before leaving at the end of the 2019 season, which, as you may remember, was cut short because of the pandemic. He spent the past two years at Crew Alexandra scoring 18 goals. And finally, in cricket, Kent are back in county championship action. They're taking on Northamptonshire at the Spitfire Ground in Canterbury. Matt Walker's side have picked up just one win so far in the competition during a disappointing season for Kent. They're seventh in the Division 1 table. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site to do it. Just subscribe. Head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.